0: Welcome to this Sunday Morning Meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Well, praise God. It's good to be worshipping together, isn't it? I know some of us here uh, right now, we're also at this, but um, for some of you, it's the first time back. I hope you are enjoying it and just feeling the presence of God here in this place. He is amazing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So this morning, uh, or I suppose technically it's just clicking into this afternoon, um, I want to just come back to the love and fork you and and look at the next question because this is really a time, isn't it, of thinking about and evaluating everything. Where, Where are we at? What do we do next? So if you're watching online, what, you, uh, you, you, what you're not experiencing is the fact that everybody sat around tables. And this is a very deliberate thing. It's not just that it enables social uh, uh, distancing, but uh, I said some time ago, one of the key things that we realized, I think all of us, that we were missing was connection. And actually, although we hadn't realized it even, because sometimes a Sunday morning could just seem like an, an in and out, and the, and the main focus was the worship and, and, and the Word, um, one of the things that was obviously missing through the pandemic was connecting and sitting and talking. And so we've really tried to do, in the way we're doing things now, really emphasize that this is as important, this connection, this fellowship... And it's, it's much more natural, isn't it, to be able to talk with one another, sat around tables, uh, rather than sitting in a row looking at somebody, the back of somebody's head, sat around a table. So that first hour of what we do here before you uh, join us online at 11 is to have that cafe church to sit and talk uh, and just connect and pray for one another even, and, or, or talk about you know, what God has been saying to us that week, or just talk about what's been happening with the kids, or, or just you know, just being ourselves with one another. And so that first hour is just as important as everything else. I mean, people are going to drift in in that hour, and that's absolutely fine. You know, it's not like, oh, we started at 10. It's a cafe. You can wander in. But it's just that importance of connection. And so, you know, and we want to encourage uh, the leadership, want to encourage us all not to sort of think, oh, this is where I sit, uh, but to, you know, sit at different places in different weeks and sit with different people. Let's get to get, let's use it as an opportunity. Even while we've got Rule Six going, the way we're set out, we can use it as an opportunity to meet more people and talk to more people uh, and just work with what we have now. So, I mean, the tables are more spaced out at the moment than they, they are probably likely to be as we've continued to, uh, you know, more and more people come back and the rule, uh, the guidelines are removed. But for now, this is looking good and it's so good to see some people around the room again. Uh, It's one of the things when when you're just speaking to this thing here all the time, it's very odd. Cameras don't give you much response. (laughs) So feel free to give a response as well. You know, I know you're not supposed to be shouting, but you can give me some amens or some, well, that's cool or whatever. However, you want to express yourself. uh, Well, that's sick, man. Uh, I know that's how Richard speaks, for example, but um... (laughs) maybe not, eh, Richard? but, uh, you know, however you affirm something, affirm and agree, and, because it's part of enabling the Word to grab hold of us and change us, isn't it? Amen? And Okay, cool. Well, praise God. Let's see where we go. So... We're on the third question of love and 4Q, the foundation being love. I won't revisit that because these are going to have got to be shorter. So uh, the other two questions we've done previously are why are we and who are we? Why are we, why are we doing this? Why, what, what is it that motivates us therefore? And the answer really was that whole verse which led into this, because we're called to it. Who knows that we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this? We're not in Scarborough by accident. you know. And as more people have been called to Scarborough, even in the lockdown, and have joined the church even in the lockdown, uh, they're not here by accident. I'm looking at you, Chris and Helen. (laughs) Uh, You're not supposed to do that, are you? Point people out, especially when they're new to the church. So Chris and Helen, I won't do that. I wouldn't want to embarrass you or anything, but this is Chris and Helen. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah give them a big clap uh, and, there's, and there's others who are not here this morning but uh, have come to to join us at this time you know and um but so what's uh, that was why are we because we're called we've been or as as it puts us in that version we who knows that you've come to the kingdom in other words you've been saved if we put it in in our context for such a time as this. Michelle and Martin, those few years ago, didn't get saved and added into this church just because it was coincidence or a quirk. It's because God called them here. all right. And we see this, the call of God strong on their lives you know, and growing and growing and growing. Uh, and it's exciting to see how you know, the anointing on them, both of them, gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And uh, Nigel and Suzanne, when they were called here, that's quite a while ago now. When did you come up, Nigel? Nine years ago. Wow. It wasn't just they fancied a little, uh, you know, sortie uh, in, in Yorkshire. It's actually because there was the call of God on their lives, you know, and, and, and they have both mightily blessed us in everything that they've brought. And that's, that's one of the keys with being a community is every person is important. Everyone has a role and a, and a purpose within that community. There's no one that's not important. Sometimes we can feel like we're not that important, can't we? And it's just that our role is different. And for some people, their role it means that they're far more involved outside of what we might consider church. But one of the things God is showing us clearly, I think, right now, is that church... Well, I think we've always known it, but it's kind of a reminder church is not this. This is just part of church. This is the queen piece, as I keep talking about. But we've got to, we want to use the fullness. The role of house church is so important going ahead. How we, because even as we experiment, you know, this experiment with doing services this way, we're trying it out. Because if, if, if we, we want a church that's innovative and exciting and doing things in different way, and do you know what? Sometimes we're going to get it completely wrong. But it's not just here on a, in the summit. It's it's in everything that we're doing, thinking about how do I do church? Um, you know, what what are we doing going forward? And everything we do, we've tried to think about as a leadership, but please give us your feedback too on how that moves forward. The way youth angels work has changed. The way community angels work, it's changed. The way house churches work, well, they've changed because they've all been on Zoom, but it's going to change again, isn't it? Going forwards. So these these kinds of questions are really, really important. The second one was who are we? Because as we consider where we are right now, what's happening now, we've got to look at well, who are we? Where do we come from? What, what's caused us to be this kind of a people? And if you missed that one, it's well worth listening to. I recanted some of our history because it's not just history. It's a story that informs us now. Why, why are we like we are? Because of this. This is what's happened. Not, we're not saying, oh, kingdom faith is superior. We're just saying this is why we are we are. You know, we we treasure certain things. And and the surprising thing when you look at Kingdom Faith, often people will say, oh, well, worship is the distinctive. But actually, historically, if we really look at it, the distinctive has always been community, right from the very beginning uh, at St. Hugh's in Luton. But today's question is, when are we? I mean, it links in a lot to what Paul said at this conference. Not this Paul, the other Paul. Um, Because he said that... um, you know, we, he talked about this when because he talked about the verse for such a time as this. When means time. So when means what, is, what time is it? What, what's going on at this time? What does that mean? All right, when? Well, when we're in a time of crisis. There's an economic crisis, there's a crisis of faith, there's a crisis of understanding, there's a crisis of community, there's a crisis of racism, there's a crisis of misogyny. I could go on, couldn't I? Your papers, your, your online feeds, they're just full of it. Facebook is full of it. There's a crisis of, of conspiracy theories. It's a time of upheaval and we're coming out of a pandemic by the grace of God. We don't know what's happening on June the 21st, but we pray we're coming out of it. Um, but, uh, but it's a time of change, not just in the church, but as, as Paul said, it's, it's easy to see that it's a time of change because the whole world is changing. The whole world is changing the way it looks at things, the way we do church, even the fact that we're here on a Sunday morning and we're online with you guys watching through YouTube right now, and that's even possible. Before this, it was impossible. We'd looked at it. It was impossible to do. Now it's possible. By the grace of God and miraculous solutions, I tell you. So it's a time of opportunity and it's a time of danger. Now, I was looking up, John John F. Kennedy gave a speech where, and this is where it comes from, where he talked about the Chinese character uh, for crisis containing the two characters for opportunity and danger. And uh, I thought I'm going to look that up a bit more thoroughly than just John F. Kennedy's speech, and you find it's used absolutely everywhere, uh, except where you come across people that can actually speak Chinese and say it's not. <laughs> All right, <laughs> It was a great story of the depth of, of, of ancient Chinese wisdom, but unfortunately, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> uh, the word for crisis is made up of two characters. One does mean danger. The other one really just means an opportune time. So it's very close, it sounds to me, like opportunity. I could see why he said it. But it is true that what is true is that when there's change, when there's things happening, when there is crisis... That crisis also becomes an opportunity because you've got to think differently to move out of it. And thinking, we don't want to just be exactly the same as we were before. We will have missed something. This has stirred so much within us. And I hope one of the things that's stirred in us is just the fact, again, it's not, that it's, not, it's not that it's brand new, but it's that we are all important. We all have a role. We're all hearing God. And it's just this importance of hearing God together. And somebody said, well, if we're doing that, what's the purpose of leadership? Well, the leadership purpose is, 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 is to bring it all together, really, mm-hmm. uh, and to have some clarity. There's, there's still a, a complete role for leadership, but a leader is not superior to somebody else in the congregation. They just, you, you know, why are they worthy of double honour then? Because they have a role to play that's worthy of double honour because it's actually quite stressful and difficult. Uh, especially when you're leading people through crisis because fear and anxiety and worry and all these things go circling around and you're you know you're trying to help people in this situation in this situation and, and the demands of different people conflict and people's opinions and views conflict and leadership sort of steps into the middle of that and says well we'll go this way you know hearing you all. Uh, and very often, not everybody's happy. That's just the way we are as people, isn't it? But hopefully, this is a time when we consider what we're in and think, right, what we want to do is move forward. That's not to silence when, you know, when there is um, disagreement, when there are things that we, we don't see eye to eye on and stuff. It's not to silence that. We want to make sure we are... In fact, it's the opposite. It, we want it to be that it's transparent and open, rather than just burying stuff. But even with those things, we want to walk together in faith because, you know, this, this is, we are likely living in the end times. Don't get freaked out by that, but we are likely. But lots of people have thought that before. But it doesn't do us any harm since we're to consider that Jesus might come back any time. And he did say, consider the signs, and a lot of the signs are there. And, you know, and he, if, Jesus, if we're living with Jesus coming back, or even just living because we seek first the kingdom of God, then that's got to be our focus. We don't want to be distracted by other things that pull us away because ultimately we want people to know Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about communicating that love of Jesus. So when are we? We're in this time of opportunity. We're in this time of danger when everything, you know, the world is falling apart. If we allowed it, this church would fall apart because we could take on board all the things that are happening in the world and just be, I don't know, too fearful, too anxious, too annoyed, too angry, too whatever, to enable us to move forward together. And the important thing is to, is to sort of, right, we can walk together on this. And knowing that there will always be, within any family, some things in which we just don't see the same way. But we do see that Jesus Christ is Lord We do see that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. We do agree that Jesus died, went down to hell, but then was raised from the dead and is now sat at the right hand of the Father. And we do agree that he is Emmanuel, God who is with us. And we do agree that after that, the Holy Spirit was sent from the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit now lives in those who've confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And these are all the things we agree on, and that's basically 96% of it. <laughs> that's the most fundamental bits. That's who we are. So when we consider when, it's like this is, a, this is a dangerous time. But it's also a time of opportunity because people are stirred up. People are thinking about things they're not normally bothered with. You know, before the pandemic, people would avoid thinking about what happens when I die. And it's been horrific and horrendous, but at least it's made people think about the bigger questions, because they prefer not to. You know, and they've had time to. And we have a very, we have a window of opportunity between where we've been and where we will be because it will certainly get busier again and people will be busier again and people will be on holidays abroad again and working long hours again so we have an opportunity where people are still thinking about these things it's an important time for connection which is why we've been keen to get open again here because it's not that this is the be all and end all but one of the reasons for cafe church is just it's an easy thing to invite people along because we want to tell them about jesus but Very many people are not in a position where they want to hear about Jesus. It's no good standing on a street corner and shouting the gospel. They're just, people don't listen. You know, you've got to connect with people. If they're going to be saved, they've got to hear the word. And, And most people have got a very negative view of church and Christianity these days. So they've got to see something. If they can see a community of people, well, it's the 1 John verse, isn't it? Yet if we truly put our love for one another into action, His love is revealed and fulfilled in us, and the world can see that love. And they do. They do. That's the key. They can see the love. But we have to put our love on. It's easy to remove it. You know, certain things come along, like breaking your collarbone. And, you know, when you're in pain, it's very easy to take your love off and snap at people. Um, one, of, one of my neighbours, um, I was waiting for Adrian, who was going to take me to an A&E after I'd done it. And I'd just left the house and was sat on uh, a little bit further down the road, because it's difficult to get to my house, if you don't know it. It's, you know, difficult to get to it by car. You have to reverse down the road. And so I'd walked down the road rather tenderly, and I'd sat on this wall, Uh, And and I think my neighbor had probably had a bad day because she came out and told me off for sitting on a wall. (laughs) I think she was more concerned about a hubcap, which for some reason she thought I'd put there. And uh, I didn't exactly get cross with her, but I wasn't as loving as I could have been. (laughs) And I could say it was the pain, but really it was just what was in me as well. I mean, don't, don't get a very, very bad picture. <laughs> I wasn't swearing at her or anything like that. But neither was I particularly gracious. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. There's a, a guy, uh, I don't know much about this guy, Hendrik Crader. He was a missionary leader in the middle of the 20th century. And he has this quote, and it's to do with the fact that the times of change Uh, There's all sorts of academic stuff about this, if you like. But the times of change, when you see the greatest change and the most effective change is when everything's on the edge of chaos. I thought, well, that's good. (laughs) But this guy says this about the church. Strictly speaking, one ought to say that the church is always in a state of crisis and that its greatest shortcoming is, is that it is only occasionally aware of it. I'll read it to you again. It's a little bit weird. Have a think about it and think, because you might just say, that's absolute rubbish. Or you you might say, oh, wow, that's interesting. I'll read it again. Strictly speaking, one ought to say that the church is always in a state of crisis and that its greatest shortcoming is that it is only occasionally aware of it. Interesting. Why, Why would it be important to be aware of the fact that you're in crisis? Because that's the time when you can make creative change. And I believe this is a time of creative change. It's not that you change everything. That's also foolish. It's not you just say, "Oh, we can't do that, because that's what we did before." I mean, the, the band this morning, very deliberately with the, with the Children's Family Church, they did two songs that you're probably fed up with, because we did them an awful lot before lockdown, and then going into lockdown, there were very few songs we could do because of copyright reasons in the early days. Uh, but those two songs were, they, cho- they would have chosen them, I don't know what they're going to choose, but they, they'll have chosen them because they are familiar to the children. They wanted the children to sense, oh, we're back here with people. Uh, I mean, Brian Ward came and picked me up today, and uh, Noah was in the car, and Noah was really excited about going to J24-7. So, you know, I, and I know that my grandchildren are excited about j twenty seven again. It's good, I mean, Noah is a great example of how much things have changed because he was two when he last came to church, and now he's four. Wow. So there's just three questions I want to put up, and I'm going to be finishing in five minutes, okay? (laughs) I know, I've got to keep to the shorter time. That is a wow. I think that's what you said. (laughs) In a crisis, you're asking questions. And one of the things of preaching shorter is to throw the questions out and not answer them, because we can answer them. Yeah, I've put them on the YouTube page, because you're going to forget them unless you're writing them down. But just these three questions. So when are we? Okay, so in this time, in this period of when are we, there's some things that we're going to ask. And one of them is very obvious. What do we do now? We do need to be deliberate about it. You know, in our, in our households, in our family groups, in our household groups, in our house church, in our meeting with friends, in all the things that we are doing, it's what do we do now? Because it's easy just, what we need to try and not do is just slip back into stuff by accident. We've been cut off from a lot of stuff. Maybe some of that stuff we got cut off from, we need to leave behind. And maybe we'll pick up some new and completely different things. You know, what do we do now? There's going to be a real questioning of, I'm going to join this particular group because I need to meet more people. Connections again. You know, not just in our, in the same way, we don't just want to sit at the same table in here every week and actually there's no connection going on because we're always sat with the same six. We can do that in our real lives that we meet very, very few people. Uh, work obviously is a place for connection, but this question: What do we do now? It's both corporate and personal. You can ask, "What do I do?" Now? pardon me, "What do I do now?" But also, we've got to be asking, "What do we do?" We house church. We household. We the whole church. It's constantly being asked for this time because this is a time of opportunity and danger. The second question is very closely linked to it, but it's just what new opportunity and danger is facing us? We should consider both. What are the dangers with this right now? What are the dangers of doing church like this? Well, maybe we don't spend enough time meeting with God in worship. So we need to think about that half an hour that we do spend. Are we making the most of that? We need to make sure we're stepping into uh, that place of encounter straight away. So the worship team, uh, they're thinking about, okay, what songs do we use? How does that go? There's a danger of that. There's a danger, perhaps, of shorter preaching times that we don't teach as well because we don't get so much over. So what do we do about that? All right, I'm not going to give all the answers here. But it's not just about those questions. It's about... What dangers and opportunities face us now as a house church? One danger is that we, uh, we come out of this and we lose all those that could only come on Zoom. What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about the opportunity that we have now to meet as groups of 30? You know, it's, it's that kind of question. And the third one, so I don't run out of time, is what does faithfulness require in this time? I'll put it another way. What does it mean to walk by faith and not by sight right now? In other words, I'm not just looking, I'm not just seeing and hearing and using my senses to understand, but I am receiving what God is saying by faith. Because his promises stay strong and secure, but we can't always see them out there. In fact, if we saw his promises out there, they wouldn't be his promises at all. They'd just be natural. We have to receive them by faith and then the truth alters what we see and we see then the changes happening. Amen? Uh, I had some quite negative stuff, uh, not, not nastily in any way, I don't mean it like that, spoken over me at the hospital concerning this uh, injury. And I need to listen because I, otherwise I would be stupid. If I was stupid, I wouldn't be wearing a, a, the sling that I've been told to wear. Um, but... Also, by faith, I'm receiving quick healing and and no restrictions going on afterwards and all that kind of thing. Amen? Amen. And that's what we've got to do a lot. Let's let's just finish with a couple of scriptures, okay? All right. One minute. Maybe only one scripture. Um, In fact, let's go to the other one, the second one I was going to use. This is from Romans 12. In the light of the wonderful mercy that God has shown us, I strongly encourage you, as my brothers and sisters, to give your bodies to God in living sacrifice. Do what is holy and pleasing to Him. This is the kind of worship He really wants, and that is the outworking of the life of His Spirit who lives within us. In order to live like this, you cannot live according to the standards of the world around you. You need a completely different mindset so that you are certain of God's will for your life and are prepared to put his will into action. For his will is good and it pleases him because it is perfect. God has given me apostolic grace, and so I can tell all of you not to think too highly of yourselves. No, have a realistic estimate of yourselves according to the faith that God has graciously given you. And then Paul goes on to talk about the like a body we all have the different roles and the different parts. So if you want to read that further, this is in the truth version. Um, it's good to read this and perhaps say the NIV alongside it to, to compare the two. Because remember, they're all translations of, of the Greek. Uh, but have a look, because when are we? Well, when is it's a time of danger. It's a time of opportunity. And so what God has called us to, is to be that body that stands together, but also a body that is very concerned to fulfill their role, their part, their calling within the body. And whose responsibility is it for me to fulfill the call of God on my life? It's me. I can't blame Pastor Colin or Pastor Clive down in Horsham for not recognizing me in some way it's me. It's us that has to explore that calling. We we can't look to others to draw it out of us. Ultimately, it's between each one of us and God. And then if you think you're called to something, you share it with your friends. You say, what do you think? I think, God, this is part of what God's called me to do now. I'm going to go and join this group of people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to read this. I want to start a Bible study. Whatever it is, you share it with your friends. That's a really good place to start. Ultimately, you then share it with leadership. If you're in a house church, the first people you share it with are your house church leaders. Of course you can share it with me. It's not that I want to be distant from you, but if everybody came to me, we might as well ask all the house house church leaders to retire. It undermines their, their role in the community. It's not that I want to be distant. It's that we want to honor everyone. All right. It's not that um, I don't want you to ask me to pray for your healing, but let's not dishonor others by not asking them. And ultimately, if, you know, it's a very old church model where you have a, a pastor who leads the whole church and does everything. And the problem with it is it's, it means a church cannot grow because it, it, you've all got to connect to that one person. It's not that I don't want to connect. It's that we've got to recognise, we've got to value everybody and lift everybody up into positions of leadership and responsibility. Um, and I know that some people have found it difficult sometimes when you don't feel connected. And of course, through the pandemic, it's been much worse. And I'm, I'm really sorry for my failings in, in where you've wanted more connection with me personally. Um, and I hope we can do something about that, even just by this way of meeting back here. But also... Please don't make me a superstar. I'm, you know, everybody. You've got to talk to me. Because it 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 under it, it it takes away the value of people like our house church leaders, or it takes away the value of Michelle as our acting church pastor. It undermines our church leadership. It undermines the role of the Corona leadership team, who you know have been doing a fantastic job, and will continue for the time ahead at least. Uh, They'll never go away as such. There's always going to be that new level of leadership. Um, But obviously, they won't be forever leading us out of lockdown. They've led us into it, they've led us through it, and they're leading us out of it. But um, we're going to be completely free of this soon, aren't we? (laughs) Amen. Look, I hope you've had a good morning. My other scripture that I was going to use was Philippians 4, 4 4-9. That's a really key scripture in enabling us to live in this time of danger and opportunity, so you might want to read that one up when you when you turn to it. If you don't recognise the verses, it's probably one a lot of you will know. But if you want to write that down, um, and finally, one other way in your house churches that you can talk about all these scriptures and answering these questions like, "What do we do now?" is to this is really brief. Um, is, you can talk about it in what in a, in a there's a secular tool which you can use. You need to use it with a dimension of faith, and it's called SWOT analysis. And if you're thinking about doing things that are new and innovative, is you can analyse things with a SWOT analysis. What is that? Let me just tell you, if you don't know. First of all, S stands for strengths. You look at the strengths of doing that. What what will be good about this? Second, W is weaknesses, and we need to talk about the weaknesses, not sort of run away from them. So, you talk about the strengths, you try and identify the weaknesses. The O stands for opportunities. Well, what opportunities will there be for this? You know, is it something that's going to bring us in connection with more people? Is it something that will enable us to make the name of Jesus known more effectively? And finally, threats. Um, It means things that might oppose it, things that might stop it happening. A threat, for example, might be, well, we don't have the money that we need to do that. And the reason you identify the threats. It's because you identify the things that faith can overcome or they just make you wise in the way you're going forward. And there's nothing wrong. as Sometimes Christians shy away from these kind of things. We need to do it with faith, but we should talk and plan. That's why God gave us minds and intelligence and wisdom and gifts us in that way. And you say, well, don't we just hear God and do what God says? Exactly. But you can use tools like this so that we discern the voice of God together. Because that's the important thing going ahead, that we're hearing God together and feeding back what we're hearing. So we do feed back to leadership. And if, if things were big changes, that would be something you want to feed back to the leadership teams and say, would you um, hear God on this for us? But whenever you submit something to leadership, always remember, please never ask a leader or even a friend really, Never say to them, I'm submitting this to you because I'm doing this. Because if you genuinely want to submit something, you need to give them the freedom to say no, or there's no point asking them. The only reason we ask is that we want somebody who's perhaps not so emotionally connected to have the ability to say no. And if we still feel this strongly that this is of God, well, God's not going to be annoyed that we're seeking wisdom. And he will reveal other ways for it to happen if it should be that the person is wrong. He will not let something drop. Anyway, when are we? Well, when is this time of lockdown, danger, crisis, pandemic? So what does that mean? Well, that means we have got to be asking these kinds of questions about everything that we're doing so that we can go forward with everything that is of God. Not because we're going to change everything, but because we need to be doing what God has called us to do and dropping some of the things that we've just took on board over the years. And it's just a different time period. Well, praise God. It's been absolutely awesome to have all you guys here. Uh, It's been great that you guys could listen here online. I was going to say Michelle, but you're sat over there, but she's definitely here online. Sally Hopkins, you're listening in Horsham. It's great to have you here. I know you're not in the room. Uh, Robin Deering is in his, his, his camping, but he's part of the service as well via the online. And uh, oh, my mum! Hi, mum! <laughs> and Jim, he's here as well. Uh, anybody? And, and, and Angela, it's great to have you. Uh, and Angela asked at the beginning when are the live services starting again? Please, I think hopefully we've answered that question during the morning. All right. Hopefully, see you next week. totally blessed everybody and thank you for watching online god bless you thank you for listening to this kingdom faith podcast we trust it's been an encouragement to you for more information and resources by kingdom faith and for our other audio and video podcasts please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash yorkshire